Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo coming to you. I think it's ugh, it's Monday. <laughs> it's Monday, <laughs> October 11th. It's about nine o'clock at night. How are you, Josh? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Baby's asleep. Wife's asleep. Can't complain. <laughs> wife is yeah, my wife got her COVID booster shot today because she's she's an at risk, and so I'm pretty sure she's going to crash here oh, soon too. Yes. yes um, but I, I needed, so I was, I was bitching in our in our Mavs Moneyball Slack just kind of like incessantly about an hour ago. And then I, I should have shared why, but because I was wrong to be complaining. I was complaining about just like writing and work and whatever. And I, I figured I, I'd tell the, 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 you know, podcasting community here, like why I got my really first welcome back to Texas moment since being here. I, uh, you know, I'm trying to do as like many activities with my kid as possible just because we were like stuck in a house forever. And I, I were doing Cub Scouts. And so at the tail end of a Cub Scouts meeting today, I just start feeling like an itch in my ankles. And then I look down and my feet are effing covered in fire ants. And oh, so oh ankles and feet are, are, I'm just destroyed. Like DNP fire ants. Like I've got some stuff on it now, so I'm okay. But for like <laughs> 20 minutes, I was just, I was more mad. Cause like it hurts and it itches and it is not great. But it's mainly I'm like, I'm really that dumb because I couldn't see it was like twilight. So I really couldn't see where I was standing. I was mostly like I kept seeing my kid like rolling down a hill. And I was like, ugh. but anyways, I've, I'm now in a better mood because I've had a stiff drink. And uh, now we're here talking, uh, talking basketball. So the last time you and I touched base, I was not able to cover. I, I was able to follow along and watch a good chunk of the game the other night, but I, I, I was not just due to technical difficulties. I wasn't really able to get on the podcast with you. And now that we've had kind of like a couple of days to sit, um, do you have any like, like ridiculous overreactions or <laughs> thoughts from this game, from these first two games? I don't, I don't know. I'm cause I'm just not. Cause I'm preseason s- basketball shouldn't matter. Like someone no, in our slack, Xavier was like, yeah, so I finally like I, I I finally let myself watch preseason basketball and it didn't even occur to me that there's just like half of our staff is not even watching because they don't <laughs> they it's not that they don't care. It's that it's so stupid. And yet I find myself wanting to watch and talk about it. I just don't. I'm such a big don't take anything away from the preseason guy that it's really hard for me to have some outlandish or wildish hot take. I mean, I guess the hottest take, I mean, is that... Well, give me a positive hot take first, and then we'll do... Then oh, we'll okay. Do well, mine was negative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Eugene Omarui is a better NBA player than Josh Green, but that's not really... Uh, first off, that's not really hot takey, because I don't think anyone would disagree no. with that point. Um, I mean, it's got to be Kristaps, right? Like, Kristaps looks awesome. Like He really, he really <laughs> physically... Yes. He really physically looks as good as my memory will will let will let me remember because like so much has happened. You know, it's like the there was a photo the other day as yesterday. It was that like someone shared that photo from the finals in 2019-20 of Jimmy Butler like almost collapsing at the edge of of the court where he's like leaning over. That was a year ago yesterday. Like <laughs> yeah. a year ago. And yeah. it feels like a lifetime. So it's like when, when we twenty added eighteen years to all 18, of our lives. If, and so like when we talk about Porzingis, I, I it feels like such a long time ago, but I guess it really wasn't. And 
And I'm just, I mean, look, I, I'm going to, I'm going to crush the guy. I, I probably won't be live tweeting as much this year due to the feeds that I'm getting seeming to be like four to five minutes behind, <laughs> yeah. which will probably be good for everybody's sanity. That's but, the cutting the cord life. Welcome. Uh, Porzingis <laughs> is, he just looks good and it, it makes me happy that he looks good. And I don't know what to do with that information, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, you know, these two preseason games, I mean, he, what he had, I can't, re- I can't remember the exact number. I think he had two steals and three blocks. It was either three steals and two blocks, or, or three blocks and two steals in the last preseason game. And I need to double check it, but I mean, when was the last time he had that many steals and blocks combined in an NBA game? Uh, it's been a while, right? Like right. Last season, he just did not block shots. I think he was career low in shots blocked. He was under, uh, he think he was like one point three a game, which is pretty low for him uh so yeah just the fact that like defensively he's moving and he looks engaged and 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 it doesn't look like there's a hindrance he's making help side rotations he was not making uh in the playoffs side to side movement yeah yeah i thought i mean i earnestly thought it was gone because (laughs) just the way knees work it's kind of hard to get that stuff back now to be fair when the real games start and these teams try more and they're playing against real starters. Maybe, maybe it looks different, but you know, from what we can take from the preseason, it looks pretty good so far. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I could say some things about his offense that looks kind of weird. He still is like really robotic uh, in terms of it. Like whenever he has to create his own shot, like that's still very much there. Uh, But I, I liked seeing him and Luke in the pick and roll. I think he, Mm -hmm. that last preseason game, they, they were running that pick and roll a lot and he was rolling a lot. Like, that was cool. So they got to keep doing that, and hopefully that carries over to the regular yeah. season. Yeah, my my sort of early August takes started to be, well, I wonder what Porzingis looks like after resting and being able to be on a rest schedule was kind of my thought as I as I really pulled back from just how ridiculous uh, the 2020-2021 season was. And so an early view of this is how he looks right now. And the Mavericks only have 12 back-to-backs, so that's pretty neat. To, to consider when I'm pretty sure that like post all-star break alone last year, they had 10. So it's, it's like with a rest schedule, I'm interested to see what he looks like. And, and then, you know, uh, my, my second take, as we've heard Jason Kidd talk is really, I think they're going to, I think they're going to force feed elements of this off- offense. And that's either going to be for good or ill. Um, I don't like the early, like the first two games are going to be the Mavs play the Hawks. And I can't remember who they play in the second game. I should probably know this, but the first couple of games might be a little rough um, because even though it's the same group of guys, they're doing different things. And so I'm going to like constantly repeat this to myself that I'm not going to freak out about the first two games because it really is like a long season. Uh, and, but you know, at the moment I just, I find myself really delighted by how he looks, you know, we have two games coming up this week, uh, cause it's currently Monday night. They play on Wednesday night and then they play on Friday night. And I don't know if they have to make any cuts to their 20 man roster before those games. Cause the NBA keeps fiddling around with these rules. If they don't have to, then I really suspect we see like tons of the second, you know, the, the other groups of guys. And so it's, it's nice to kind of get the Porzingis thing out of the way. The other positive thing that I will, will, you know, take is like Luca looks as good as he's looked to start the season yet, which was the other thing we had hoped for. And that's, that's just, it's, it's nice to see. Yeah, definitely. And especially, you know, 
we were all very curious because of uh, he basically didn't get an off season with playing in Tokyo and playing with the Slovenian national team. So we we're wondering, man, is this guy going to be able to? Is he going to look worn out? Uh, and thankfully, that doesn't seem to be the case. I think you know we saw the uh, our own his talk who wrote for D Magazine uh, about talking to Luca's trainer, and I think their entire off season, which was like three or four weeks, I think that was basically his off season. It was all cardio and conditioning focus which is like hallelujah so uh that's great i mean no complaints there luca yeah he looks he looks like luca and it's hard you know he really started last like like we kind of forget now because he ended the season so well and like he was such a maniac in the playoffs like mvp level you know luca in the playoffs that first week of the regular season last year he was he was really really uh not himself in terms of just looking good so uh mm-hmm. so it's good to see yeah um it's it's funny tim hardaway jr looks in great shape um the the other two things that i really wanted to touch on are kind of kind of related to one another we have an article coming out about this tomorrow written by matthew phillips like it's getting to the point that that the rick carlisle was an asshole thing has it's just so funny it's so funny and i understand that that really had to matter in a working environment and he was probably not fun to play for and in the short term i really am interested to see what that does for the mavericks because the last time i mean the mavericks went from avery johnson to rick carlisle and the mavericks seem to be really and this is you know what 13 years ago those Mavericks were really ready to get out from underneath from Avery's horse shit. And yes. so that just seems to happen when you're, when you're in a place forever. Um, but it, it's with the media age that we're in now, like a lot of the things that are happening, like are pretty incredible friend of the program. Bobby Corrala went on Dalton Triggs podcast the other night. Um, the step back Mavs thing. And Bobby is a consummate professional and will, I, I he will never confirm this, but I love hearing him talk about how happy everyone is and just the constant subtext is the mood is different. And I'm really curious as to how much that matters because, you know, you still got to win basketball games, you know? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's really fun. It's really amazing. The concentration of like, we are like the the passive aggressive like subtle well it's not even subtle but just mm. like we're so glad rick is gone we hated him not just like from players <laughs> like every part of that organization is glad that rick carlo is gone it really says like something Mark about Cuban. rick yeah. it really says something about rick and not in a good way like there yeah. was an incredible story on the hoop collective told by mark spears about Harrison Barnes's wedding and how Rick Carlisle like commandeered like 15 minutes of the wedding and Barnes and his wife were kind of like, uh, like just total coach <laughs> bullshit. It was yeah. it, like played the piano and made people stand up like really like odd. And even, you know, anyways, uh, you were, you were yeah. talking. I was yeah. And no, I'm just story. saying like, I know we're not sources guys, but you know, we talked to a lot of people that are, either connected to the team and the league. And I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you when you talk to the same people, like there's no shortage of stories of just like people close to the organization or working within the organization, not even on the basketball side that are just like, thank God. They're <laughs> just like, thank God uh, that he's gone. Cause it, like, and, and that says something that it's like, not just, 
people on the basketball side, like people on the business side, because, you know, they have to set up charity events and sponsorships. And sometimes you need your coach to do stuff and to make a statement or to go to an event. And if apparently if you're, if your head coach is a giant asshole, that makes that, that process way more complicated <laughs> than it should. Um, so it's like, on one hand, I'm relieved that like, Hey, this is better. You know, everyone deserves to have the, the best work environment that they can. And if Rick was contributing to it being a worse environment, then, you know, that's, that's why he's not there. But uh, there's also like a small sliver of me that feels like we're getting, we're veering into like high school gossipy territory. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of annoying. Um, and I'm like, I'm ready to like be like to move on. And I don't right. want to hear any more about like, well, now I'm getting, you know, like it, it's, it's over. We got, we had our fun. We got it out of our system. Uh, so let's kind of like, move on and look to the future of the the new era of Mavericks basketball. Well, and speaking of the future of Mavericks basketball, Jason Kidd has made sort of repeated news, like sub news within nerdy, like, like stats based basketball, where he is kind of consistently talking about how the Mavericks are just not going to shoot as many threes, which none of us can seem to like, we're we're all struggling to process it and you know ben we've, got, wrote, we've all got that pikachu meme meme face every time we see those quotes well and 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 there's two groups of people on this there are mm-hmm. non-mavericks fans that look at this and are laughing and then there are hardcore maverick and then like some of us who are a little skeptical i think like there's a healthy skepticism with you and me and some of our other people within mm-hmm. the staff and then there's mavs fans who are just really like and I get this is why we're fans, like people who are very much willing to go ahead and go with this for a while, because there's a lot like within that, there's like traditional fans who don't like the three pointer anyways. And then there's people who just want to say, OK, let's give this guy a little bit of running room. And I'm I'm just in the middle right now because we talked about this a lot in our Slack today the Mavericks really did not move very much last year. And I don't know if that was a Rick thing because Steven Silas's offense in 2019, 20 around a lot. And the guy that they brought in from Utah, I mean, I didn't hear his name very much, but he were, he replaced Silas and they just, you know, there's some credence to the thought. Mavericks didn't really, like it was kind of the Luca dribbling and everyone else standing show. Yeah. I think they were second to last in finished possessions that were defined as a cut according to nba.com so you're absolutely right there wasn't a ton of movement last season um and yeah i think it's like you said it's it's a balance like there's there's some people that are like yeah you know don't live by the three you know fuck three pointers you know they should be scoring you know living in the paint you know the kind of the inside yeah. the nba shtick and then there's us who are with the skepticism because of, of everything we've heard and we've, we've watched as, as jason kidd as a coach and then there's like you know the optimists that just feel like you know that just want to look on the brighter side of things which i can't blame them it's training camp that's kind of the this is the time of the year to be optimistic um i think the thing that i'm i guess my main like if i to answer people that are like really like happy about this in a way that's like you know yeah like we can't rely on on threes i get that um one like look at the roster like if you don't Mm -hmm. want to rely on threes maybe don't build a roster that is Luca and then a bajillion uh, stand standstill spot up shooters. Uh, like I, I love Reggie Bullock, but he 92% of his shots were assisted. Uh, Sterling Brown was like 76% last season. Uh, like th- these guys are just not like, these guys are just built to, to catch and shoot. And that's everyone on this roster is like that, except for, you know, maybe Jalen Brunson. So 
on one hand, there's that. And then on the other hand, like, yes, it would be ideal if the Mavericks had an offense that didn't just rely on threes and maybe they could get some more layups and dunks and free throws and get some more movement. But I think it's a little naive to just assume that, like, for every three the Mavericks take less than last season, that doesn't – you're not guaranteed that you're replacing that three with a, a shot that's near the basket or, mm-hmm. or a foul. So, like now- – so That's far, like a devil's advocate. Yeah, so far it looks so pretty good. So far they've been, but but it, this goes back to like the very first part of our conversation. It's preseason. They're playing. Yeah, it's preseason, so they're playing against people that aren't scouting. They're not talking about this sort of thing. I will say I do like some of the Mavericks on the move. I mean, I've been kind of clamoring for Porzingis in particular to get more more things on the move for a while now. So I'm very interested to see where that goes. But it's it's at least, I mean. Ben's article was like, this is worth keeping an eye on. And a lot of people right. in the comments are, are loyal, you know, people who kind of love to tell us when they think we're overreacting, which I appreciate. Glad all those people exist because because they help let us know that our articles are read. I, I will say it, we're just talking about this from like a keeping an eye on thing. You know, if the Mavericks start out 0 and 6 or something and they're shooting 22 threes a game. We're not even yeah. six, but like three and three, you know, something it's like that. It's going to be a topic of conversation yeah. and whether it matters, whether they need to just get through it. That's for a thing to look at. If those things occur right now, we're just talking about items because I know many, many people want to focus on the vibes. And I think the vibes really do matter. I really, really do because it, it looks like, you know, and, and, and Rick being gone is getting a lot of the credit for the vibes, but like Porzingis not being a fucking mummy has to get way more credit. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. He just like, he was a, he was the second best player on the 2019, 20 team. And he was like the fourth best player in the playoffs last year. And that wasn't all on Rick. I mean, Porzingis I don't even know if he was the fourth move. best player on the playoffs. last year. It's going to be really, it's yeah. going to be something that I'm going to try to talk about in a measured yeah. tone, because it's like, Everyone doesn't seem willing to admit that the guy, while not injured, was certainly not at his peak health. And it's just that sort of stuff will matter for him. Anyways, it's it's yeah. a little thing. We're we're you know, we're we're on it, but that really allows us to to kind of directly pivot into the the main, you know, we've already been talking 15 minutes, uh, but you are are coming out with an article, I think, tomorrow. We'll see if you're, you know, depending on what you're you're able to to work with this evening. Um but you're coming out with an article real soon about, you know, Chris Epps for Zingas. So I wanted to kind of give you the floor to talk about where your your brain is with him. Yeah, I think the the two things, well, like when we talk about Chris Epps, I think some, a point I'm making in the article is that, you know, we talk about offense, we talk about defense. And the way we talk about each one of those sides of his game are very different because defense is very clear. Like that's a, you know, somewhat unanimous except for some of the, some trolls and contrarians uh that's pretty unanimous in terms like there's no hiding that like that's that was bad last year and it has to be better the offense i think is a little bit more contentious because when you look at kind of the surface level of what he did last season it was one of his best offensive seasons ever you could argue it was his best offensive season ever you know career high in, in field goal percentage career high true shooting percentage uh second highest three point percentage uh, average 20 points a game, almost, you know, I think his true shooting percentage was like 58%, uh, which was like far and away the, the highest of his career. And yet we still kind of like, there was still something lacking uh, there. And I think that kind of spurred a lot of arguments and, and, and 
we were just kind of wondering like, well, what is what is it? And so for Przingis on offense, the thing that I'm looking for is almost 100% I'm looking at his free throw rate. Uh, mm. That was the thing. Like if you were watching KP last season and you're wondering like, why does his offense just not seem all the way there? Like I'm seeing he's shooting efficiently. Uh, you know, he's putting up the points. He's scoring over 20 points a game. He's not shooting the ball terribly. Like what what's not clicking here? And it's the free throw rate. Last season, he was at 20.2% free throw rate. Uh, to give an indication, his career rate is 27.2. So it was far and away the lowest of his career. And the previous two seasons he played, which was 2019-2020, and then his all-star season in 2017-2018, the year that he did get hurt, he was over 30% free throw rate. Uh, so it was – and that 20% last season, he got a boost in like the last month and a half of the season. And it was in the, like the 17 18% range for most of the season. Can, ahead, can I ask you to explain real quick why free throw rate matters? Because I've a lot of our commenters and people who I interact with on Twitter really eye roll at this. And it really? I don't know how to explain <laughs> it because I'm just like, if you're a volume shot taker, you need to be getting like if you're gonna shoot 20 shots a game, you need to be taking at least at least three free throws, you know, that sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, free throw rate is no, kind not of three, six. Yeah. Shoot, sorry, thirty I mean, percent. Doesn't free throw rate somewhat correlate to offensive self self creation on offense? Like, I mean, uh, there are very few people in NBA history who are like uh, Clay Thompson is like the only one that comes yeah. to mind who doesn't take any free throws, and is it still an incredible plus to an offense? Because if you're not taking free throws all of your offensive efficiency just goes through the ground. Yeah. And it's a lot of reliance on being set up. It's a lot of reliance on your jump shooting. Uh, so when your jump shot's not there, that's why I think, you know, he had some really bad looking games because he's scoring like 13 or 14 points. Cause he's not shooting well. Well, in 2019, 2020, he might've scored 20 because he got to the line seven times and it doesn't look so bad. So Free throw rate to me is all about can Kristaps be a legit, legitimate secondary scorer that this team desperately needs. And I don't just mean score in the pure just points per game sense, but can he be a guy that Luka doesn't have to spoon feed buckets uh, to get the Mavericks some offense? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if the Mavericks want to survive these these minutes where Luka's on the bench and KP is on the floor, which if you theoretically have a two-star team, isn't that kind of the whole point? You know, like that's one of the major... But uh, things you benefit from from having two stars is that you can you can spread their minutes around and you can survive minutes where one's on the floor and one's off. Uh, and the Mavericks were horrible last season when Luca was off and Kristaps was on <laughs> because Kristaps couldn't create any offense. He was totally reliant on someone setting him up. I think he was over seventy percent. Uh, I think it was seventy-two percent assisted uh, shots last season, which is like s- seriously high for a player that we would think is like an all-star caliber secondary kind of guy. So if he's not getting to the free throw line and he's not getting easy baskets and he's not able to use his size and manipulate defenses uh, and efficiently score, that's a problem for the Mavericks. And it might look good like it did last year in the regular season, but that's why the playoffs look bad because again, you cannot win or go deep in the playoffs with one guy at a 40% usage and everyone else just kind of standing and watching. Uh, you need better players and you need better players that can that can score 
without being set up necessarily. And Kristaps didn't show that last season. Now he did show it the season before after Dwight Powell got hurt, he showed it in the bubble. So like he has the skill set. Uh, I just so we just hope that now with the health, you know, things can kind of get more back on track. And hey, in that second preseason game, he had seven free throw attempts in the first half. And I can count on my hands how many times he had seven free throw attempts for a whole game last season. So uh, it's it's three. It was three <laughs> times that he had seven or more. I looked this up. And the other thing that that is kind of low key, I don't know what to do with, is assists. Where I feel like he's had seven assists in 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 the two games total so far, which the man just doesn't average assists. Which. No. And that's okay. That's not his job. It, like, like his job is to score the basket. But if he's able to do anything where he's just kind of moving the ball, like one of the things I've enjoyed so far about preseason is, you know, outside of he's had some really awful post ups, and uh, they're just going to keep trying to make fetch happen. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. But if he doesn't do the Carmelo Anthony two thousand four routine, the Mavericks are better. If he either shoots makes a quick move or passes the ball, everything is fine. He is simply like, I'm, a lot of people are like, oh, he just hasn't had the chance to to show off his skill set. And I just, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that because that's simply not true. He doesn't have the skill set that people seem to think that he does, or he, he is never going to be the kind of guy in the Maverick offense to get, the kind of volume looks to get comfortable like he's 2000, you know, 2005 Carmelo. I don't know. I, I waffle on this because I, on the one hand, I'm really bullish about where he could be this year. On the other hand, I think that people sort of misunderstand why he and Luca work so well together. Yeah. And I think the health is going to be a big factor because, you know, being able to move laterally and make, you know, last season, I think both of us were pretty, it seemed pretty clear that he was petrified. I don't want to say petrified. That's that's not that's a knock against him. There's there's a lot of things we can criticize Kristaps about, but he he does play hard and he wants to. Like you said, you've made this point a bunch. Like he wants to play. Like he's yes. like he. I don't think he's necessarily like scared of the moment or anything. But you could definitely tell he was not confident in his health or his physical ability last year because he just it was a night and day difference between last season and the season before in terms of his aggressiveness to, to make a move toward the basket. And that includes mixing it up in the pick and roll. Now, how much of that is schematic? I don't know. I can't imagine a lot of it is because they literally, he literally did it the season before he got hurt with the meniscus. So I have to imagine it was more health related. So if he's healthier, if he's more confident in his knee, you know, that means hopefully when he catches the ball, instead of holding it for five seconds and kind of diddling around and taking a fadeaway, he can be aggressive and do that hard dribble toward the paint and get Gosh, a foul. When he takes dribbles, <laughs> when he takes dribbles with a purpose, he covers like seven feet. It's, yeah. it's, He's got it drives me crazy arms. when he, yeah, like the, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like Kevin Durant, you know, through, if you've been punched in the head kind of thing. Yeah, you know, he, you know, someone I want to say it was Matthew in our Slack said like the difference between Giannis and Porzingis on the dribble is Giannis goes places with his dribbles. Like a lot of Porzingis's dribbles are, and I do this in podcasts. We all do. You, if you've ever heard someone say like and uh, and it's his his dribbles are the equivalents of 
taking time to think about what he's going to do next. And that if you're, if you're thinking about what you're going to do, then the defense is going to have you figured out. I I've just always been of the opinion that he's, he's, he's a strong right-handed player. I love it when he goes right and he just doesn't do it. And, and I, I don't know. I, I, I feel very con- like just so conflicted because I still remember an interaction I had with uh, Voice of the Mavs, Chuck Cooperstein, where he was nagging on all of us in like March of 2020, saying, how can you trade Porzingis when he looks like this? And the tale of Porzingis' career is he looks like this, meaning the the once-in-a-generation big man, like 10 games out of every 80. And and I just, I don't know what to do. Yeah, so it's this is it, though. This is the season, right? Like, there's no more, like... No more excuses. If he gets hurt again, if he doesn't look good, like, you know, we've got a new coach. We got a new system. He made it through an offseason with no surgeries and no rehab. Like, this is kind of it. So it's good to see the uh, the preseason going the way it is because this is really the make or break year for him. Yeah, I'm optimistic. I don't – that's I, – I may write about this. I've, I've been – you know, I'm such a – my personality between social media and our, our even people who come to our site and then the the our lovely fans on Reddit, I have such a kind of bad reputation for being an Eeyore. And I, I don't know how to explain to people like I really feel good about this season. Do. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like <laughs> I just I, the last time I felt good, like like legitimately good was was the first 10 games of the 2019-20 season you know ever since it's been kind of a, and I think the Mavericks I've talked about this were like constantly trying to recapture that spirit because they're just mowing people down the first 20 games of that year and and if Porzingis is looking like this like if they come out and they play like if they beat the Hawks on opening night which they did it's 10 days from from right now if they beat the Hawks I will be just you won't be able to talk to me because <laughs> in my head the Hawks are a much better team than the Mavericks. I, I know that's kind of blasphemous to, to Mavs fans because it's the Hawks, but if they've managed to, to to beat the Hawks, that's that shows me that this team is in a place they're ready to go. And Porzingis is just going to be such a big part of that if that's the case. Yeah, definitely. And I'm kind of ready to get going. Are you? Uh, yeah, well, like, just I'm ready to – I'm not ready for, like, our side of it, like, the work side of it, but I am ready to just kind of see the basketball side of it because, yeah. uh, like I said, this is the put-up-or-shut-up season for Przingis. I feel like we're going to get some answers that we've been waiting for for a couple of seasons now, and it'll it'll just be good to – it'll be good to see. Like, I just – good or bad, I just kind of want to see what happens. Uh because, like, like I said, the excuses are kind of out of the way. This we're back yeah. to regular season, so we'll see. Sure. Well, guys, we got a couple of Josh posts coming this week. Uh, we have a really fun. Uh, you know, we're trying to like delve into betting and and daily fantasy content a little bit. Um, Lucas Skew wrote turned in kind of a Mavericks futures post, um, and you know the the betting market is growing exponentially, so that's something we're going to be trying to cover uh josh and i probably won't talk again until after the friday night game um pretty sure matthew and i are probably going to record on wednesday i'll see if i can get i've been trying to get you know different guests you know it's it's 
it's hard to talk to other like people that aren't Mavs fans once the season starts because everybody's just working. And I don't like I have a hard time like bothering people, but I'll see if I can get another um an, another you know Mavs fan or something of the the sort on over the next couple of weeks. I know Josh has to has a few things he's gonna write. You know, we're we're really I'm really loving the stuff that our site is is coming up with. Um just just interesting thoughts every day. You know, it's sometimes it's hard with the content like mill of it's like, I don't want to write about that, but we have such a, a, a unique, in my opinion, like large group of writers where everyone has sort of different opinions. You know, Lauren Gunn has gone to a couple of games for us. She's going to go to a whole bunch. I think this season, once things are there, we're going to get some like in arena perspective. Our, uh, our dear friend Doyle has recovered from, or is recovering from working the state fair <laughs> for uh, as PR for like a month. And he's just like, I haven't seen him actually delighted to write about the Mavs in like two years. So I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what we do in the next couple, uh, in the next couple of months. Same. I think this is going to be a really good season for the site. I think we've got a really good staff. Uh, we got to like, in terms of voices, our, our site is fairly diverse in terms of how we think about basketball. I know sometimes we get into a little bit of an echo chamber, but I really think yeah, you and I dominate sort of kind <laughs> of the, the inadvertent, like what people think about Mavs Moneyball, but like you should see our slack every day. Like some of the arguments that we have over, over nuance and basketball is a riot. Yes, definitely. <sighs> well, this has been fun, Josh. I will let mm-hmm. you get back to your evening. Um, maybe play Hopefully you get to play some video games or something tonight. I've been playing Diablo like it's 1998. I don't oh really my know God. That's, a, that's amazing. That takes I'm me just... back to three way calling on a landline with my oh. friends to party up, to play online. It's it's incredible too because there's a there's a, a button combination you can see the the old graphics oh, yeah. and it's like oh no it's i used crazy. to look at this on a screen anyways <laughs> all right this has been kirk henderson and josh bow please subscribe please rate and review do all that great stuff and we will talk to you guys a little later in the week